The term passionate is a word thrown around and overused. Mountain life has become a hashtag for wannabe influencers. These words can overshadow and diminish the incredible people who actually live, work and play in the mountains. They have remarkable stories to tell and I'm on a mission to find them. I'm Ashley Pettit and this is the Beyond the Mountains podcast. My guest today is Zebulon Roche, an accomplished mountaineer or alpinist, big mountain climber and paragliding pilot. I could have spoken to Zeb for hours. Normally I like to ask each guest to share some local knowledge, favourite places to fly or ski, local restaurants, places to visit. But time was getting away, it was literally flying away. I'd only scratched the surface of some of the questions I had prepared, so I hope I can come back and interview Zeb again about his home in the mountains. Zeb talks about being in the moment and being present when he's in the mountains. You'll hear when Zeb's mum enters the kitchen, I've left this in. As Zeb talks about, you cannot control everything, especially in the mountains. You have to be flexible, read the signs and understand the conditions. And for him, that's reading and feeling the winds. Zeb is always doing something, he's always moving, always trying to make time to fly. It could be to fly his helicopter, his paraglider, or even his ultralight plane. But it could also be flying over the snow on his skis, kite surfing, or his new toy, a hydrofoil. He is forever chasing that feeling and that rush of flying. With the support, influence, and guidance of his father, Zeb started to climb and fly at a young age. At 11, he climbed Mont Blanc and started to fly. At 17, he climbed Mount Everest with his father. Then, with his ex-wife, set the target to climb and fly off the highest peaks on the seven continents around the world. Now, he's enjoying these same moments with his own sons, who are both top-level mountain athletes in paragliding and freestyle skiing. He's also looking to take on some new challenges and adventures, and maybe go to Pakistan or return to Nepal to fly and climb. The mountains teach you to make decisions, to live with your decisions and take responsibility for yourself, to choose the direction you go in life. This is a great lesson that Zeb shares with us during our conversations and something I think we can all follow. Hello friends, I'm your host Ashley Pettit and welcome to another episode of the Beyond the Mountains podcast where I talk to people who live, work and play in the mountains. Let's start the intro music, get on with the show, allons-y. Hello. <laughs> okay. Hello, my name is uh, Zeb Roche and I'm um, a mountain guide. I'm a paragliding instructor and right now I'm working uh, to be an um, ultralight uh, pilot instructor as well. So um, uh, this is my mountain life here. All right, Zebulon, thanks for coming on the show. Yeah, thank you to invite me here. Uh, I uh, have to admit, I looked you up on, and you've got a Wikipedia page. Did you know you had a Wikipedia page? Yeah, yeah, I know that, but um, um, yeah, it's it's weird actually because I feel I feel it feel it like this because uh, I don't feel like a, a known very known per- person and. Uh, and so that's 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 a strange feeling, but it's it's nice actually. Anyway. Yeah. 
it, it, when I looked you up, I was like, okay, I'm a bit nervous now because you've achieved so much in your life. <laughs> so we've got two, a lot of things to talk about today. Yeah. But the first question I want is to you explain to us your nickname because your name is not Zebulon. It's not Zeb, is it? No, it's not Zeb. That's your nickname. That's my nickname, actually. Um, but um, my parents, they call me Zebulon since I'm very, very young. It was um, um, because of a cartoon with a little subject, which was um, on the spring. Like, yeah. uh, I think in, in English, it's a ZBD or something like that. I don't know what it is. It's, um, well, it's a cartoon for kids. Yeah. And... Um, and this little uh, character is on on the spring and he's always moving like this, so he he can't stand still, you know. And uh, I, apparently, I was a bit like that before. Yeah, you haven't changed. Um, you still can't yeah, stand still. still. So anyway, so that's why this this nickname follows me uh, up to today. And a lot of people they they call me Zeb or Zebulon, and um, and it's I don't know, I think it's it's pretty fun actually. Yeah, it's a, it's an appropriate nickname because <laughs> I remember when we were on the Monsonee Lake, we we're doing paragliding, and you were we were waiting for clients, and you were fidgeting and walking. And you were just like, "Come on, where are my clients?" And you could then just Ashley, come on, let's go. We go flying. We wait. So <laughs> it's appropriate. Exactly. exactly. So I think when I'm on action, uh, I want things to go down on, and uh, I'm doing things with uh, all my um, my heart. You know. Uh, I, I love what I'm doing, and uh, uh, I want. Uh, I love. Uh, I love to to do uh, things with fun, you know, um, and, and and paragliding and and all all those those sports are just fantastic, yeah. and and, uh, uh, and and I'm so uh, I'm so happy to do all this, all this, the feeling I get uh, when I fly and when I ski when. Uh, it's uh, such a good sensation for me that um, it's it's really addict addictive. Yeah, it is and addictive. It's it's a drug actually. Yeah. yeah, but you don't just fly. You don't fly parapont. You what other sports? Because you 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 ski. You're a mountaineer, al alpinist. You fly ultralight helicopters, ultralight planes. You have an e-bike. What yeah. else do you do? Well, uh, I used to do a competition with uh, cross-country skiing. Yeah. Also, when oh I was yeah, kid. you crossed the Alps on yeah. cross-country skiing. No, I, I, it was with uh, ski touring. Oh, ski touring. Sorry, yeah. we ski get to touring. that later. Yeah. Um, well, uh, actually, uh, I think that there is so many uh, interesting uh, sports, and uh, I do some kite surf as well. Uh, yeah. And uh, I, I discovered recently the foiling as also. Ah oh, yes, so, yeah. so you're you're flying above the the water, and this is really really nice, and so um, that's my problem uh, because I love all this and anything, uh, anything for flying you love anything with um, speed speed uh, slide glide you know yeah. uh, you, you, where you get this feeling of. Uh, uh, because I think also that all those sports are, are have got um, uh, links be yeah, between they, each yeah. other, which makes them really easy to uh, to learn. When you know one, then you apply what you know for one to another, and yeah. and then it goes for another, and then you discover a new thing that you you would do uh, for uh, I don't know for skiing. You have this feeling, and then you use it for for kitesurf, and it works also, yeah. and and. And so, and and also it's the same with the wind and the, the glide and the, uh, 
for example, when I fly a helicopter, I fly it like a paraglide. Yeah, you've told uh, me the story once when you were in the mountains in the the wind, and you were like you, you were like flying it like the helicopter like a parapont. Do you remember this story? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And and so that um, it's. Um, it's really, really strange the, the way we're, but but it's it's fantastic to do it like this because yeah. uh, I remember um, the way the way I, I will fly the heli, for example. Then I, I don't use uh, much much gas because I will use the the current. I will use the lift okay. of the and 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 I will I will um, uh, go on on position which are a lot better because uh, I'm not working on the engine engine only yeah so you're I, getting I, the updraft I, I hope I could <coughs> I think sorry um, <laughs> no it's okay we, <laughs> you can cut yeah, yeah we hope. can cut we can edit <laughs> okay, this yeah yeah so no no but I, I think it's really really interesting because then you apply uh, what you you for example when you are in paraglide you have no engine okay yeah. so you are always like uh uh, if you are you had an engine failure, so you 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 must be always on the right position. You must use the wing properly. You can you you must uh, always have a, a vision ahead, and that helps for sure for uh, for the for the flying the plane or the heli. Yeah, because uh, because when you are on the heli, uh, most of the people who learn and and have no background of uh, air sport uh, with them. Then they are they are really subject to to the engine only, and sometimes they 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 would not be able to feel what's happening on the air. Yeah, in the air with my heli, it's it's such a, it's a light a, yeah. heli also. So I feel everything. I feel the air. I can feel if the wind is against me or pushing me or whatever. And this um, this helps me a lot. Uh, the background of the the, the paragliding. Yeah. But your experience, you you are an experienced paragliding pilot, and now you're becoming more experienced on the ultralights. But your experience started at a young age, because your father, when did he take your flying for the first time? Yes, of course, that's that's something in, in, incredible. But uh, my father was a founder of paragliding. He, he started uh, in, in the 80s, and so uh, he decided to bring me this... Uh, uh, I start flying. I was eleven. So, yeah. uh, eleven. Uh, uh, of course, the the several first years <laughs> was a bit difficult for me uh, because I was so light, and also we didn't have the experience or the the knowledge that we have now. Yeah. With all well, the you were pioneers back in the day, learning to paraglide. So it was. I mean, it was really. Uh, we 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 use a parachute like parachute from okay. uh, jumping from the plane. Yeah. And uh, we had we had to remove some stuff the, which was not uh, uh, you, you, you use uh, yeah use you don't use yeah yeah and so so we we would run like hell and the performance was so bad and we just have to go come down uh, it was incredible we would start from the mountain up there and not be able to traverse the valley because a parachute is different from a, a a paragliding wing a parachute is like a, 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 makes you fall you fall slowly but a para Point a wing makes you, is you flying. Is, is what explain to me the difference? So the difference. Uh, first, the first parachute were like circular parachute, which was just to to avoid to 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 fall uh, hard. Yeah. But then uh, they they transform them into wing. But the wing from the the plane, you don't need wings that are performant. You need wings that open fast. Yeah. And be able to. 
to to um, to handle in order to be able to go in in a place uh, and to be precise uh, so but you you don't need um, uh, you don't need really performance of gliding and and and, and staying uh, long in the air and so on so uh, the people who start paraglide they they wanted to do like the hang gliding you know okay, hang gliding yeah. it's the the delta uh, Uh, shape, shape yeah. um, um, system where you are lying and then you uh, they, this was pretty um, uh, I would say the delta was more uh, performant at the beginning but slowly and slowly the shape of the paraglide started to be thinner and thinner and had more and more performance gliding performance okay. which allows you to, to take uh, some uh, up, up drift and then to stay long in the air and then to cross and to do some uh, distance and so the performance uh, that we we call the, le, the finesse uh, uh, the glide the glide ratio okay. in english yeah. uh, has been improving so much for example um, uh, the the glide ratio uh, the glider i start with was uh, probably around uh, three uh, to four which means that uh, if you start from uh, 1,000 meters, you could do four kilometers. Okay. okay. Long. And nowadays, if you start uh, from 1,000 meters, you can do uh, maybe 10 kilometers with no wind, nothing, just gliding. Just gliding. So you can imagine the, the, the difference. It's, it's just unbelievable. And, and the, the way the, the glider are coming into the, the air now, uh, The structure is uh, such uh, such made that you have lots of uh, speed now. Okay. And that 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 allows us to do a very long flight. And is that uh, translating to the, more of the speed gliding as well? Of course, speed gliding, <laughs> the horizontal speed is it's much better. Yeah. And the vertical speed, it's it's also much less. So we have a very good uh, glide ratio, and that. Uh, Unbelievable to do this with a um, with a piece of material and uh, yeah, lights. So lights, and yeah. I mean, it's, it's that's the magic of the paraglide. It you it it's it you fold it into a rucksack and then you you can run into the mountain and then you fly in. I'm ready in five minutes. Yeah, and in, in, and then I can fly for hours. That's so, well. Speaking of flying for hours, you hold an, uh, a record for altitude flying, don't you? Yes, altitude flying. Uh, yes, I, I took off with my ex-wife from the top of Everest. So take off at uh, 8,850 uh, 800, um, uh, meters. Yeah. And uh, only one guy did it before us. Uh, he was, uh, his name was Jean-Marc Boivin. He took off from Everest in, uh, I think, uh, 1984. Okay. Yeah, or 87 maybe, yeah. something like that. But let's, let's go back a bit too. Uh, obviously, you, you had a great relationship with your father and he taught you how to fly, taught you how to climb. And you went to the States and you did a little climbing and flying in the US, didn't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually, yeah, my, my father was really, really fond of mountaineering. Um, the funny thing is that uh, he uh, used to come from uh, Ardèche. Ardèche is not a, a place no, where you've got not. mountain, you know. It's the south of uh, Lyon, uh, So the, the, there is a few mountains there, but my um, uh, my my grandfather and grandmother she, they they love mountaineering, 
So they used to take him on the on his rucksack and and go for a hike in the mountain. And I think he, he he's been like crazy about that. And so he became uh, one of the youngest uh, guide in France. Uh, like he was guide uh, maybe at 22 years old or okay. something. And uh, he has this passion of mountaineering. And uh, of course, um, as soon as I, I was uh, uh, old enough to follow him in, in this in different project, uh, he took me took me with him. And uh, for me, it was a fantastic experience because uh, I remember first my first climb, maybe I was eight or nine years old. I was with my, uh, you know, normal shoes, like, uh, and he, he bring clients and I was yeah. following and I had no choice <laughs> yeah, come but on. to follow, actually. Yeah, no babysitters back then. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So um, it was quite fun. First, um, sometimes I was a bit scared and sometimes it, it was a bit hard for me too, but um, at the end, you could see that uh, I was following and, and I quite like this. So, so uh, of course, when he, he suggests uh, to try paraglide, I was eleven. And I say, of course, yeah, I want to try, I want to try. Yeah. And, and then, uh, and we we did all this kind of project. We've been so so to the states. Yeah, because um, you did you did uh, Mont Blanc when? How old were you when you climbed Mont Blanc? So Mont Blanc, I climbed Mont Blanc when I was eleven. So the same. Huh? Uh, he had the client, and he took me. Uh, on, on the side with the client, yeah. and I remember this 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 because uh, Mont Blanc is a day. Mont Blanc is a is one of the biggest peaks and biggest mountains in uh, Europe and France, isn't it? It's a big achievement. Oh, big achievement! It's 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 not a super technical mountain, but it's um it's a high mountain already because you are a little more than four thousand meters for four thousand eight hundred, yeah. um, and so um. For for a young guy like me, of course, eleven, yeah, it, it was quite. But you know, when you're a kid, you don't realize this. And if you are in good shape and and living here in the Moyenne, we live at um, fifteen hundred uh, uh, meters, which helps a lot because it's not if like if I was uh, living in in the sea level, you yeah, know, it's a lot. You're different. adjusted to the altitude. You're adjusted, and you, you we are used to. To run in the mountain, I was used to to do a cross country ski, even in competition. Yeah. So that that helps a lot. You 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 build a good heart, and then uh, I remember that that uh, the client uh, he he had he was completely exhausted, and uh, I was uh, getting completely upset because uh, I wanted to <laughs> go to go, and then uh, the, the people was just behind. Uh, Calm down, Zeb. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was. Uh, <laughs> For me, it was the, the worst souvenir of this. It's it's this because uh, I, I I didn't understand why this person was so tired, and so I wanted to go, and, and it was impossible to to, to go because yeah. uh, she. I think it was a girl, and she, she <laughs> the poor girl. She was she was naked. <laughs> anyway, but so, uh, yeah. but. No, that, that was. A- you would have experienced that again as a mountain guide taking clients that are unprepared. You've obviously experienced that before, or or again, is that something that is normal? Yeah, of course. You sometimes you you have to deal with the people which are which are completely exhausted and so on. So uh, that's why now when I propose the Mont Blanc, most of the time I take the paraglide with me. Yeah, and then I propose the people to fly off. Uh, of course, it's not working uh, every, every time because uh, we we need to have the the perfect wind. Yeah. 
But with my experience now, um, when I take the glider with me, it's very rare that I'm I'm walking all the way down. I, I always find a place. Yeah, you always yeah. <laughs> always find a place. <laughs> I always find a place, and and then I don't experience much this kind of problem anymore because, like we we could talk before, uh, uh, sometimes people they they have a goal which is the summit. But when you climb a mountain, the the goal is, is not only to climb the summit; it's always yeah. also to come down. And so you have to be prepared to 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 give more than only to go to the summit. Yeah. And 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 of course, it's not easy to to make under, that understandable for the people uh, because they they are, they are thinking is that oh I'm gonna be on the top and uh, and then it's finished. Yeah. They get that. Is it called summit fever? You just see the summit and you just they just want to get there. And I was reading in a book recently about climbing and they get they're like 500 meters from the summit and they can see it and they they're totally exhausted and they push and push and push. They get to the summit but they can't get down. As the coming back is probably the most dangerous part of a summit, and especially when you went to Everest or a mountain like Everest at the altitude. Yeah, of course. Uh, when you when you are um Walking in altitude, uh, everything gets really, really complicated, and and uh, and if you get completely um, completely uh, exhausted on the top, then uh, you might have really, really big problem coming down because actually it's it's a lot of work coming down. Also. Yeah, and you you we spoke about this before, but you were pl- when you were planning your assault and your attempt to fly off Everest, you thought about this the coming back part, didn't you? And you, um, you thought about that because you lose your sense of your your brain chemistry changes, and you told me that you you were thinking about the, the the coming off, and you had the the oxygen masks and the oxygen with you. Can you t- explain that? Explain that to more to me. Yeah, actually, um, when we plan to do this uh, this flight from uh, summit of Everest, we um, we decided to climb in the night. Which was more difficult than climbing in a day, for for sure. But uh, this would uh, allow us to have the the whole day, uh, either to to wait for the takeoff, to wait for the good wind, because we won't be able to to fly in the night, of yeah. course. And also, if we if we saw that uh, we could not take off, then we would have still some times to come down. And um, that's. Um, that's a good thing because also we spent like uh, almost two hours on the top of Everest with nobody. We were wow. just alone. Uh, can you imagine now if you see all the people yeah. queuing there? It's just uh, you, you, you don't it's, understand why yeah. the people are going there. But uh, we had Mount Everest for us. Two hours. For two Amazing. hours. I mean, uh, my ex-wife and I just uh, there with almost no wind. Uh, I mean, we, we have been very, very lucky. Yeah. I mean, uh, so... So that was the good point first, and then the other point was that if, of course, we could not uh, we could not take off, then we we would have still have the time to come down uh, and and to, to do it in in reasonable uh, conditions. Yeah. Um, uh, concerning the the oxygen, we used the oxygen uh, only for the last bit because I wanted to be. Uh, uh, Let's say I have enough um, 
brain uh, latitude to understand if it was uh, crazy or not to take off actually yeah you know and um, of course um, with all the experience i have taking off there it's uh, it's something you don't think about it's it's a reflex okay. i mean you you take off you don't have to think if you start thinking it's too late because yeah. there uh, i mean the brain is really slow yeah and i can tell that uh, For example, we 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 had a small um, um, camera and uh, we had a microphone that would fit on the top of the camera. Okay. And that microphone was quite big. I mean, this big. And I had it in one pocket, and I I checked my pocket and I didn't saw it, but it was in inside, yeah. you know. And and but and and I said, okay, maybe I I didn't took it, you know. And of course, I I took it. You took, yeah, you but took I mean, it's to 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 let you know. How, uh, how minimum the brain is working up yeah. there. And that's why I, I want it also to have the, the oxygen for, to be able to, to, to take the right decision and not to... And, and another thing is uh, uh, compared to someone who would climb normally without a glider, I had to carry like six kilo more Yeah, and uh, carry a six kilo more in eight thousand meters is not the same. So how you carried? Uh, what did you carry? Backpack full with your paraglider in the backpack? Did yeah. you carry anything else? Of course. So so we have uh, one bottle of oxygen, and uh, of course you have uh, something to drink. So uh, you have you have the crampons, uh, ice axe. Uh, you have uh, uh, spare gloves. Uh, yeah. I mean, the, the the rucksack is uh, my rucksack was about uh, maybe 15 kilo, but 15 kilo up there, it's it's, it's a lot. It's a lot. Yeah. yeah. And I think nowadays, uh, uh, if you have a Sherpa with you, of course, uh, Sherpa carry most of it, and then uh, <laughs> they change the, the bottle and so yeah. on, and it's really it's different, you know. Uh, Everest was one of your big achievements, but you did that when you were trying to achieve another goal, which was the seven summits. Can you explain to me what the seven summits are? Because that's uh, hasn't been done before, has it? Uh, with the paraglide, no no one uh, has, has been doing the, the, the whole seven summits. So um, seven summits, it's, it's quite um, um, a challenge that is done for alpinism. So the idea is to climb one peak per continent each time, the highest yeah. peak per, of each continent. So, uh, so the, the, the summits are Everest, of course, that's the, the yeah. highest in, in Asia. And then we have Kilimanjaro in Africa. And then we had um, Aconcagua, South, South America. And then McKinley in uh, North America. Yeah. And then... Um, uh, Europe, um, you could choose between uh, Mont Blanc, but it's not the highest. The highest is uh, Elbrus in uh, in Caucasus. Yeah. So for Europe, it's the one which is uh, chosen. And then uh, what? Uh, uh, so we decided to go also Antarctica and Antarctica. Antarctica, it's Mont Mont Vincent. Yeah. Mont Vincent, and then. Uh, We had for um, Australia, uh, Moncosiusco, yeah, which is uh, really low, but uh, <laughs> it's it's fun. It was fun to see the kangaroo and so on. Did you enjoy Australia? <laughs> yeah, yeah, really much. Uh, we 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 took time to go to um, to visit a little bit of Tasmania. Yeah, and uh, and we 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 had some uh, tough uh, time with the 
you know the the little thing that oh, sucks, the, sucks the, the, the leeches. Blood? The leeches, yeah. yeah. <laughs> we had some of them. Uh, we didn't saw the the Tasman devil, but we saw the leeches. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're pretty bad down there. <laughs> yeah, but uh, no. Apart from that, I mean, it's an incredible uh, country uh, and such difference of the the climate and and the. Uh, And also uh, between north and south, is, and it's so huge. It's, it's, it's such a big country. What about our, our, our accent? Did you uh, did you understand our accent? Some of it. Uh, it takes time, but uh, after one or two trips there, uh, I, I start to. Do you remember any Australian uh, expressions or or Australian words? Uh, no, I. I, I uh, yeah, I have to think about this. Uh, But you remember Vegemite, don't you? Ah, yeah. <laughs> I tried the Vegemite, yeah. yeah. I tried the Vegemite. Uh, anyway. Mm. Um, so after your seven, after the seven summits, um, that was a while ago now, but what about some of the new goals and new objectives that you've got? Because I get the impression that you're always looking for something new to achieve. Um, so now I've got um, a new new life, new girlfriend, um, and and she really is uh, into mountaineering and and flying a little bit, and and so um, we have this this idea maybe to to go and and and, and go in altitude uh, again because she doesn't know much about altitude. She has done a lot of really really nice peaks. Um, She's been around all the 4,000 meters in in the Alps. Yeah, and uh, and she she is quite uh, uh, quite happy to 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 discover the the high altitude. And she's an accomplished uh, athlete as well, isn't she? She's you know oh, a yeah, yeah. world champion uh, rock climber, and she's done paragliding and you know, lots of different sports. So yes, she she's really really um, yeah, and, and she's still uh, with this. Uh, simple way of living i mean she she doesn't have the the mushroom like we would yeah. <laughs> and so that's uh that's why um uh, i think we we match quite well together because uh, we love doing what we do and and and, and that's that's fitting well and yeah. and so so one of the 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 idea is maybe to to go in nepal maybe also discover pakistan And, and maybe play with the, the high peaks there. So we we are talking about this now. We we see if um, if in the, the, the soon future it, it will be uh, possible to organize something. Maybe not this year because I've got this instructor thing. Yeah, yeah. That's and another she, thing you're learning. So you're learning to be uh, an instructor. Exactly. Yeah. So um, I thought uh, you know I'm 48 now and. Maybe if I don't want to get uh, Alzheimer so fast, uh, <laughs> I was. Uh, it was a good idea to start uh, learning things again. Yeah. So I decided to to prepare to be a, a ultralight um, plane instructor, and and I will do next uh, ultralight uh, helicopter instructor as well. So that's that's in my uh, my schedule. Oh, too, no wonder you get the, the nice girl you can fly you can climb it's too too easy <laughs> but you've taken Liv, Liv likes to fly now too you've taken her flying and she's taking control of the plane isn't she yes she she likes to do that as well and, and the good thing with the, the plane it's um, 
Yeah, I mean, it's it's uh, you consume uh, less than than a, a big car. Yeah, and and you, I mean, if you want to start from, um, we've been doing that. That that's really incredible. I mean, we we take off from uh, Solière uh, in in Haute Moyenne, yeah. and then we fly all the way down to Corsica. Like for, uh, we go down to Propriano, and and it takes us like uh, two and a half hour. And we spend uh, we spend we spend maybe uh, 40 liters of gasoline. Yeah. So it's it's really eco friendly and it's uh, it's such a good way of traveling. It's it's amazing. I'm always like a like a kid when I'm in this plane <laughs> because you know it's it's just amazing. You fly over the mountain and and it goes so fast and it's fun and it so of course you have to be uh, very careful about uh, different things to to fly safe, but. Uh, But it's um, uh, we are living uh, a very very interesting uh, time. I mean, with this this machine, which are so uh, powerful and and performant. I'm like a kid. You know? Speaking of eco economic and eco friendly, is, are you becoming more aware of the environment and the need for recycling and 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 the global warming is that something you become more aware of as you've got older yes i think um, uh, i mean we are we are evolving in uh, in nature uh, we are we are climbing we are see, see, we see all, how, how the the glacier has, yeah, they're getting uh, smaller. smaller and smaller so of course we we see the impact of the the human on on, on earth and And of course, uh, I try to eat, uh, you know, uh, bio, uh, organic stuff, yeah. and uh, I try to be respectful uh, uh, as much as I can. But after, uh, I, I'm, I'm, I've got the conscience that um, I, I, I can't uh, stop living the way I'm living because uh, I want to 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 enjoy life also and, and I don't want to to be a, a radical uh, I want uh, and I think to people it's important that we are really careful uh, about what we eat uh, maybe not to eat uh, too much eat, uh, meat and so on yeah. because this is really huge stuff and and of course to change a little bit our behavior so that, that's that's really important and and I'm I'm happy to to do that myself yeah Uh, but uh, I'm not perfect. I, I know that I have the, this uh, the feeling that I can all, all, always do better. Uh, but also, it's it's you know we, uh, my idea is to if I'm in the middle of everything, but I have this conscience, then it's already something. Yeah. Coming back to uh, the future, your two boys, uh, they both fly too now. Uh, yeah. What are you, your two boys are skiers and they fly? Tell me a bit about your boys and what it's like to fly with them now. So my two boys, um, so the the um, the older one, Timothy, has done uh, two years in a, in a school where he was learning to fly paraglide. So it was fantastic. Yeah. He, he learned so much, and uh, so now he's um, he's preparing to be uh, to be a paragliding teacher. So he, he want he, he want to do this uh, this course, and is he, he has planned this year to do uh, competitions like international competition and so on, and um, and I, I've been I had the chance to fly with him uh, last uh, last week, and we start and we we fly for eight hours and we we, we did like almost 200 kilometers with wow. the, with the paraglide, 
between Grenoble and, and Chamonix and all, all around, and that was just amazing. Uh, and so that's that's so so nice to be able to share what you love with uh, with your kid. Yeah, uh, I I now realize what my father was. Uh, feeling with me actually yeah, so it must be nice it's really something you know and it's uh and you see your kid so happy and uh and now he's, he's getting better than me so <laughs> he, he, that he's waiting for me <laughs> and say ah sometimes <laughs> for me <laughs> no i'm so happy you know but uh, I, I i continue to tease them you know because yeah. uh, i'm i i think i still have uh, some uh some power, so <laughs> yeah, yeah. We still we we got a lot of a few more years. <laughs> exactly. So um, I'm not completely uh, at the the placard, you know. The uh, how, how would you say that in English? Placard is. Uh, I'm, oh. not, I'm not finished. No, like uh, oh, we're not. Yeah, the door's not closed, and we're not in the coffin yet. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. So and then for the next one, um, Matthias is uh, doing um, ski um, uh, freestyle skiing. And he's, uh, he's getting really, really good now. He's, he's uh, doing competition in, uh, in the European uh, tour. Yeah, I so, see him on Instagram all the time. He's training at, uh, is it Valdezere? He changed, where's so he training? Actually, they train mainly in, um, in Italy, in Switzerland, in Austria. Because okay. in France, we don't have much uh, nice uh, snow park. Okay. And the problem is that uh, I think it's... Uh, problem of politics uh, but um, the, the the French level is pretty good but they have to train uh, away oh. because um, because they don't have the structure it's uh, it's a pity because we have so many uh, ski resorts ski area and no uh, you know in in France the all the interest is made on the the big uh, competition like uh, slalom, slalom, yeah. uh, all the traditional, de- all the traditional mountain sports. Exactly, we are uh, we are really uh, well. This is really important for the French, but they forget that uh, you know the this small sport is in the Olympics now. Yeah, and and that's a pity not to help the the young to 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 have uh, all the. Uh, the facilities to be able to to perform. And uh, Matthews, he's uh, he's almost at that level. You think you think he can? You you told me co- his coaches think he can go, but he's he's not as driven uh, as you might have been driven at your age. Do you think? I think it's it's um, the way he feels the the way he's living his, his sports. Matthias is. Um, is um, he, he likes to share it with his friends? Yeah. So he's going there. He's doing the best of what he can do, which is good. But uh, sometimes um, uh, I, I would have uh, it would have been a good thing, I think, uh, for, for him to have uh, um, a spirit a little more into competition in order. Okay, if I'm going there, I'm go there for. To have a result, you know. Yeah. To uh, if I go there, it's not uh, just to be there. Yeah, it's, not just for fun, but you know, maybe trying to win. Exact, and he's got the the ability to win. I mean, he's he's really talented, but he hasn't got the the thing yet. You know, the the little uh, thing that yeah. that makes it. Uh, but he, uh, if you look uh, compared to the other boys of his age, he's probably uh, into the. The first uh, three to five uh, best French uh, of his year. Yeah. So, so he's got he's got a lot of of, of possibility. 
And this year, it has been cancelled, but he was uh, almost selected to to go to the to the World uh, Junior uh, Championship. Okay. Wow. Okay. It, it, so, but um, I'll, I'll keep watching him on Instagram and see how he how he goes. Yeah, I think he can go fast, far. I mean, uh, if of course, if he has got, he hasn't got too much injury because this sport is pretty uh, yeah pretty uh, dangerous for that. Uh, for example, this year he, has, he hasn't been able to do the French Championship because he he, he had the fall uh, one week before, oh, and, okay. and he, he he had a quite a strong fall, so uh, um, he hit uh, his head. So <laughs> <laughs> so now he's a bit yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's weird. Well, but then anyway, <laughs> yeah. Sort of speaking of the the generational thing, your boys are growing up in a, in a year in an era of YouTube and Instagram. Would that have made a difference to your career? You know, when you were doing your seven summits and trying to get funding and make movies, you know, if you were doing that now and doing all the things you did back then, you may have, you know, it would have been a lot easier. Money would have been a lot easier. Sponsorship a lot easier. Is that something you're you're conscious of? Because I know you're not a consumer of Instagram and you don't use social media. You're you're kind of humble, but do you think it would have been a difference? Sure, I think it would have been really a difference because now, um, I mean, it's easy to um, to promote yourself, uh, as it was not really easy uh, when I was doing things because uh, no, we didn't have the internet back then when you were doing this. No, so we had to to, for example, for the Seven Summit, uh, we start with a summit which were quite affordable. And uh, we would go there, make some picture, some movie, and we would uh, find someone to edit a bit of movie and so on. And then after, we would go to the sponsor and uh, show them, okay, yeah. we have this project. And look, the first one, we we did it ourselves. We pay everything ourselves, but it works and we have the ability to do it. So maybe uh, now if you, if, you, if you want to be part of this project... Uh, uh, that would be good, and so we had to to make uh, this kind of uh, uh, of move to to be able to to be uh, recognized and so on. And it's a lot of work. And yeah. um, and nowadays you have your phone, you go outside, you you take few pictures of what you are doing, and then the people understand directly what you are exactly, doing. Exactly. Yeah. So it's, it's a lot it's, easier to sell the idea, and the- it's it's a lot easier to sell the idea. It's a lot easier to see uh, the the. Uh, the uh, the skills of the people and uh, before uh, when I was doing a flight of uh, I don't know 100 or 200 kilometers uh, it was really something uh, 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 I mean difficult to 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 show to the people or yeah. to explain to someone now you've got it's so easy with the GoPro and so on I mean you take a little picture a little footage of what you're doing, a uh, story there, or uh, and, and then it, it's it's a it's a big difference, of course. Yeah. So, as our sports was not a, a, a huge sports, um, uh, it was really hard for us to find some some money for to even for this this project, which was already a big project. The Seven Summit is not it's not nothing, but. Um, I think, of course, this this uh, this Instagram, this Facebook, it's uh, such a powerful uh, media for for the kids and for the. No, I mean, I look at your Instagram. I look at your Instagram, and you've got like only two thousand followers. 
But in fact, you know, you should have <laughs> thousands and millions of followers of all the things you've achieved. Maybe, but then I'm, I'm not so good also as um, selling myself. Um, um, I think uh, I'm in between two generations for that, you know? Yeah. And, and so um, I'm happy to do it sometime or to, to publish when I think what I'm doing is interesting, but I'm not publishing every day, you know? No, and, uh, you're too humble. I don't know if I'm too humble, but uh, I want to share the, some nice moments. I don't want to share all my life, yeah. actually. And, I think uh, you, you've told me once, but you liked when you're in the mountains, you're in the moment. You just, you don't want to have to think about the phone or your camera. You just, you want to enjoy the moment, don't you? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Most of it. Yeah, of course. If I do that, I will do that first. But uh, I think you now uh, you you can't. Uh, it's finished this this time. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's for for all the all these. <laughs> so I have to to be a, a little more young in my uh, in my process. But anyway, anyway, I, I think um, the way I'm doing the things is it's still. Uh, uh, I have to 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 publish a little bit, otherwise I, I won't have any any support. Yeah, but. Uh, uh, I want to do it not not every day because uh, I, I I can't I, I don't think if you do it every day you you can do something nice actually because uh, uh, of course nobody no one can do uh, nice things every day no and so uh, what they finish it's it, they talk about their life they talk about everything and and they are into this process of every day publishing 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 which is a bit insane. Huh? There's a, there's something I, I don't like in this. So I prefer to say, okay, uh, I have some nice, nice thing to share now. Maybe I share it. Maybe I keep it for me or yeah. I, I, sh I would share it maybe when I'm ready to share yeah. it. And you know, you've done that before. I've, I've shared something that you had weren't ready to share. So, actually, I haven't shared that yet. So stop it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but, uh, talking about generational differences, um, has your relationship with the mountains changed over the years? Um, you know, when we're younger, we're in the mountain, you know, you're a teenager, you're, just, you're trying to test yourself and push the limits and now we're a bit older, a bit more responsible. Has your your relationship and what you do and how you feel in the mountains, is it changing? I think I, al I have always have a... Um um, a relationship to the mountain with um, I, I I have always been humble with the mountain because um, I I have lived all these years with the the all the very very talented people uh, like uh, Christophe Profi, Ricky Scoffier, and, and all these people which were uh, doing a lot of uh, first ascent and uh, speed ascent and so on. And they, they all die or they all, um, well, Christophe Profi is still, uh, is still alive, but I mean, uh, my friend Eric Escoffier died uh, uh, in Montaigne. Uh, um, many other youngsters died and, and I thought, wow, uh, you know, I like Montaigne. I like doing all these sports, but uh, I want to play for a long time. Yeah. So uh, why, why pushing the limits all the time? And... I thought, uh, you know, I think uh, I can really enjoy uh, what I'm doing. Not to, even if I'm not uh, the first to do this and this and this. So actually, um, I think 
pretty pretty early. Uh, I thought, okay, mountain is nice. I want to keep it the way I, I like it. And the, the way I like it, it's if I go in the mountain, I don't go for the, the drama thing, you know. I yeah. go I go with the, the love of it. The, I want to have fun in mountain. I don't want to, to, to have story which ends bad and so on. So uh, I prefer to say no when I, I don't feel that I can go. And say okay, I will come back next year. Or, but yeah. so, of course, when I'm somewhere, I do the best and I do uh, everything that I can to work and, and 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 make it work. And I'm quite lucky because most of the the, the expedition I did uh, was suce- successful. But I'm I, I don't have the um, I don't go there uh, telling myself okay, this is uh, like this. We're gonna do this and this and this and. Uh, I'm not going away off this mountain since uh, I'm not to the top. I always go uh, with in another yeah. mentality, you know? But uh, it's nice uh, if you can measure measure success differently, not just by the summits or the objectives, but to, okay, we didn't achieve this, but we achieved something else. We still had a success, still had a different outcome. So it's nice to be able to do that when you're in the mountains. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, being in the mountains, you learn all the time. You learn, uh, you learn the, the passions, you learn the, uh, to see how the forecast is different, how the mountain will behave and how you, you feel in, uh, in, in this mountain. Sometimes you feel super strong and sometimes you feel so weak that, uh, you better stay in the, in the tent <laughs> <laughs> then you relax. And then, so it's, it's, um, as you say, um, it's, but but uh, to, to come back to the question, uh, uh, I don't think my mentality has, has, has changed much those, those years. Um, I, I really, uh, I'm happy to, to do uh, a trip which is um, uh, motivating me uh, from the, the inside, you know. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't want to do... Uh, uh, one trip every year or I'm happy to have some idea and then uh, I, when I feel it's the, the, the time then uh, I, I I make it happen but uh, uh, and, and sometimes it's another project uh, to build the house to, to build the flat uh, okay. to, to so yeah it's yeah. like this it's nice <laughs> it's life you know? yeah well let, let's bring it back to talk about some local knowledge now because we we've both talked about, about this before but I have just, you know, I've been living here in the Morian for four or five years now, and I love the Morian. You've been living here your whole life. And um, wife, to talk about local knowledge, I want to understand the differences, like the what's the difference between the Morian and, say, Chamonix and some other, these big-name mountains resorts? Why doesn't why don't more people know about the Morian and, and the Haute Morian? Of course, Chamonix, uh, they have Mont Blanc. So uh, it's like a big, uh, you know, this big mountain uh, appeals a lot of people. Um, uh, the mountains around Mont Blanc are dramatic uh, with all the, the peaks, the, the needles and so yeah. on. Um, Morien, it's it's more in between. Uh, we have a few high peaks which are uh, around uh, 3,600, 3,700 meters, um, which makes it quite alpine, I mean, already. Uh, but we don't have big, big face like a rock climbing face, and and this uh, we have them in the Basse Morienne. If you go on top of um, uh, Les Mamelles de Bonne, yeah. Um, but um, 
So the difference is it's more there. Uh, also, uh, Moyen is still some small villages. People are still there uh, uh, doing like uh, with the with the cows. Yeah, and more agriculture and farming. Agriculture, farming. Uh, in Chamonix, you don't see much farmer. Huh? It's uh, more like a little town now. Yeah. Um, but of course, all the the young people and the people which are doing a lot of. Um, uh, of technical stuff and uh, and also the Instagram and Facebook, it's easy to to make a nice to, yeah. pu to publish a nice picture in Chamonix. Here yeah. it's nice, but it's it's not the same impact. But you can still the I guess the point I'm trying to make or, or understand is you can still do technical and big mountain climbing and paragliding and VTT and do all those things here. They could, you can find them here in the Morien. Oh yeah, sure. You you can do a lot. And of you still thing. need to be at a high level too. You can still do that, of course, and also the the good point is when you are in the mountain. Sometimes you, well, most of the time you are still alone on the mountain. Yeah, yeah. For example, two, uh, uh, three days ago, I was with a friend, and we we went on uh, ski touring on the north face uh, behind Montsny, uh, Pointe du Lamet, and we were alone, yeah. just just the two of us, uh, and that's that's something really really nice, you know. Um, and also the the nature is. Is 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 big? It's it's the I mean the the, the atmosphere is fantastic. Um, so of course, uh, and I've been living here for all my life. So that's a that's a place that is still in my heart, you know. Yeah. Um, and and that's that's something I don't I don't. Uh, I uh, it's it's a bit hard for me to to spend much time in in Chamonix because uh, uh, I I feel that it's it's too too many people. And it's it's sometimes the, uh, I mean the city is it's the city. Yeah. Uh, but it's one of the beautiful things about living here. I can go hiking, and not see a soul. I can just see the nature and the animals and the chamois and jipets. And you can go skiing and paragliding here, and you know still be high up in the mountains and not see a soul. And it's probably one of the the beautiful things about living here. Oh yeah, I agree. Um, yeah. But you know, um, it's it's good to to experience all this different uh, yeah. atmosphere. And um, I understand. For example, Liv, uh, she likes to come here. But I mean, the place uh, she used to to she she she's uh, from uh, uh, Tarentaise. She used to live in Bourg Saint Maurice, yeah. which is a little bit similar to Moyen. Um, I would say Moyen is, 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 is a little more pretty because uh, there's less, I mean, uh, big uh, ski resort. Yeah. And it's still the atmosphere of the small villages, which is really, really important. But um, apart from that, uh, the summit, uh, the, the shape of the mountain is pretty similar to what we have here. And, and so she decided to move from this place to Chamonix uh, because uh, she wanted to... to uh, to be able to climb hard routes and and uh, yeah. and also uh, Chamonix have uh, really a big community of people from all around the world, and this is really if you're really, a professional athlete, that's where you really exactly. want to be. So if exactly and and that's that's something it's we it, it's it's a little more hard to to build in in this valley because uh, of course we we have many friends which are good climbers and. But not not so many people from uh, the exterior because yeah. of course they, 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 there is not this uh, the fame of the um, 
of the of the area. Yeah. Speaking of the Morian being a bit bit uh, smaller, and uh, what are the good things and bad things about living here? We you know we spoke about a couple of the good things. What are some of the bad things about living here? So I would say the bad thing about living here is um, in between the season, uh, it can be good and bad. I mean, the the good thing is that you really are alone, uh, and and that's that's I mean. Yeah could be nice sometimes because you really have all the mountain and all the nature for you but sometimes if you are looking for some uh, some uh, soul to to share some stuff and so on you're a bit remote and uh, especially with all these covid things uh where we are we were i mean uh, uh, stuck in our houses uh everybody uh, fear to see each other and so on and, and this, I think, sometimes was a little bit hard because yeah. uh, uh, for the social relation, uh, of course, we are a bit remote. Yeah, uh, it's not helping my social life here. No, I mean, uh, <laughs> uh, and in Chamonix, you always have people uh, from all over the world, and always someone calling you. Okay, what are you doing tomorrow? We are, are you happy to go flying or to go ride, uh, cycling or to go rock climbing? Ketoing, whatever you always have someone to to do something. Yeah, uh, and here uh, the people are uh, ski ski instructor or they are builder or, or whatever or and uh, working with cows. Yeah, and so a lot of people when the it's off season they still work. They are I mean the Moyennes uh, the, they work hard. They are work hard. Yeah. I mean they always they work. And you go in Chamonix, they always play. <laughs> it's really different. Well, and, well, and so. <laughs> speaking of playing, when when you're not flying or climbing, what's your hobby? What do you do for for pleasure? Do you have a? How do you turn? Do you know, switch off? What do you What do you do? Well, sometimes I'm happy to to go um, in, in the south of France, or, uh, and I'm happy to do, um, but still. Uh, it's hard for me not to do sports. So, oh, wow. um, okay. so I, I would do like kitesurf or this kind of thing. And then I'm, I'm happy to be in, into the, into the sea, into the warm, into the, uh, but it's really hard to, to lay down and to, to read a book. Uh, uh, I can do that only when I'm on, on expedition and, and the weather is really bad. <laughs> <laughs> but apart from that, I'm always busy, uh, because uh, I like to uh, to build things also. Uh, so uh, when, when I'm at home, uh, if something is not working in the flat, then I I, I, I build, uh, I repair, I, I build stuff and so on. So Everyone uh, here builds or repairs. I don't know. Everyone I know <laughs> builds their house. They do their own plumbing. They do their own electricity. It's incredible. <laughs> I can't do anything. <laughs> exactly. We. I mean... It's, it's the good thing about this valley. If, if you are not able to do this kind of thing, then... Yeah, bring uh, up a friend. Come and help me. I mean, yeah, you... you, you yeah, of course, it's... it's <laughs> what about uh, summer or winter? What do you prefer? We'll, we'll do some quick-fire questions here. I think I like both, actually. And um, I'm, I'm really happy when uh, winter comes because uh, I'm really fond of skiing. Um, the, the skiing is... Uh, is really something I like really, really much. I, I like uh, uh, I like this sensation of uh, gliding down the, the mountain yeah. uh, into the, the powder and uh, and and it's it's I mean it's it's such a, it's 
such a fantastic way of uh, uh, playing in the mountain. I mean, uh, when you walk up and you see how fast you can be down and with uh, also the feeling of, of flying in the mountain. I mean, you almost fly when you ski and you are in the powder and it's soft and then you jump and then you play and then it's, it's something uh, give me like a um, real, real pleasure. Uh, and after the summer, when I start rock climbing, uh, I, I could say that um, I've got the luck that uh, in between season I can also do some some fun stuff. You yeah, know, you when can just I, travel with your plane and go to Corsica. Or yeah, for example, this. Also, uh, uh, I'm really happy to go running in the mountain in the morning and then to to fly with my glide uh, with a very light paraglide. Yeah. Um, this I'm happy and this I can do it even in between the season and after when the the, the summer comes I do more paragliding stuff because uh, um, I think uh, guiding is nice but uh, guiding is really demanding for your body and uh, I, I, I think that uh, if uh, all my friends that uh, have been guiding uh, uh, since uh, they start and, and until now uh, I, I'm thinking about the people which have my age uh, most of them they have no more knees no, no more uncle or, yeah. because uh, it's tiring uh, always going down and it's a shock every time on your body and so on so uh, I, I discovered that uh, spending more time skiing and, and coming down the mountain with my paraglide is is really really good for my uh, yeah the coming down of a mountain when you're walking and hiking it's the hard part it's a hard part and yeah. it's 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 really bad for your body yeah I mean uh, at the end you, your knee are completely finished huh? and uh, I still have some good knees my uh, I'm still quite in good shape uh, yeah, you're in great uh, shape uh, yeah so I'm, I'm I'm almost fifty and and I'm, and I'm feeling like uh, twenty five so. <laughs> <laughs> Well, maybe no, uh, not every day, but <laughs> I've got. I could talk for hours. I've got, I've got heaps of questions here. I wanted to really talk about some uh, local knowledge in Morian, but let's let's go on to the last couple of questions that I had because I think you're going to have some great stories to tell with this last couple of questions. So, what do the mount? Uh, if, has there been a day in the mountains that's just been amazing and it, it, may, it might be a great story? What Have you got a, a, a nice story you can tell me about being in the mountains? I think you've got to have lots. Yeah, of course. Uh, I, I had lots of story, but um, I would say the probably the one which uh, marked me the most was the, the day we, we reached the top of Everest because, of course, it was the, the highest mountain in the world. So it's, it's, it was... Uh, a big, uh, big project. It took me uh, many, many times to to organize and to and when you you have this day coming and and you know that uh, when you're walking up, uh, you know that this is gonna work. You don't know why, but you you're not to the top, but you know that it's gonna work. And you know, I knew in my in my head that uh, I would not come down with walking. I, I knew that I, you I knew would make uh, the top and make and and, and I would fly. So. Uh, that was something almost uh, like a certitude in your yeah. in your head, and uh, when we reached this summit and we were just on the top like this, uh, waiting like two hours, uh, it was just uh, fantastic. Explain uh, to me what the what's it like up the top. I mean, the top is. Uh, I mean, you 
the last uh, the last uh, meters you walk like if you were walking on the moon also it's it's really really strange because you're you're you are completely exhausted but uh, you still have this uh, motivation behind it's almost euphoric you. exactly and then you sit there and you, you can see the shape uh, almost of the of the earth so it's yeah. a little bit like uh, Uh, it's not flat anymore. It's wow, a little, okay. So that, that's, that's something. I mean, you are, you are the, the altitude of the plane. Huh? So. <laughs> But not many people get to spend that time. Normally, you, if you watch any the the expeditions now, they get to the summit, they're there for two minutes, literally they've got to come straight, da straight, da straight down. So for two hours, you're sitting up there. Yeah, yeah, that's unbelievable. But we, we, we did that because also we were waiting for the... the The, the good condition for flying. And when we arrived, th there was no wind, almost no wind, which is really, really rare. Yeah. And, um, and so we decided, okay, we wait, and we were pretty sure that the wind would come. Uh, so, so that's something. And, uh, and it came, but slowly, slowly. And so we, we were there for almost two hours, and it's just un unbelievable. Wow. And uh, yeah, that's, of course, uh, something I will would, I would, I would remember all my life. But you've climbed Everest twice. Yeah, I, I climbed twice. But the first time we, we, we so I was 17. I was uh, the youngest at the time. Yeah. And um, uh, uh, we arrived at the top with my father and uh, it was quite windy. So there we, we make one or two pictures and then we didn't stay much. And also we arrived at the top and it was not very early in the morning, like uh, the, the second time. So okay. Uh, so we had to not to hurry, but to, we we had to to say okay now uh, let's come down. Not, we don't have much time to to spend on the and top. Then on, you know? on the second time, when you you've just been sitting there up for, on the top for two hours enjoying the views. That moment when you take off, what was that like? Ah, uh, so this is really really um, uh, special, of course, because. Uh, Uh, you have to be all, all there. I mean, it's all the all the tension and so on. Um, Is it a relief? Oh, as soon as you 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 take off, it's for me. It's uh, such a relief because as soon as I'm, I'm taking off, then it's for me. It's finished. All the problems are behind. Yeah, I, I don't because I know uh, I, I would be able to fly it down. It, it's such. Um, I don't know how to say, but. I have so much experience uh, flying now that when I'm in the air, I, I feel uh, completely safe. Actually, did, was uh, that the moment? Did the did the emotion come out in you when you've you've taken off and you're relaxing? Did you become more emotional? I think not, because you still have the um, uh, the tension to to make uh, your flight going well. Yeah. So uh, I think my body is used to to be focused on what I'm doing uh, until it's not finished. But of course, when we landed after, it was just all this, just all the pressure comes down, and and then you you really realize, uh, uh, even maybe not the the first day, but then the next day you realize that you have done actually, <laughs> <laughs> and it was really really nice because when we when we land, we we landed uh, first we wanted to fly all the way down to to the um, Tibetan side, of course, because we have all the. The, the material there 
Uh, of course, if we could have gone to the Nepali side, it would have been better because the the wind would have uh, lifted us much much more, and okay. we could have spent more more time in the air. All right, okay. But now we 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 went down to the lee side, and then uh, they, I can tell you a, a funny story about this. Uh, just after taking off, we we stayed a little bit into the the west side because that's the place where the the lift is going up. So I thought, you know, if if we fly a bit to the left. Then we we could have some lift and stay a li little bit, I mean, longer. In yeah. The air. Okay. So we did that, and at this moment, uh, there were two climbers on the normal side, and uh, so they were like uh, walking very slow onto this this uh, west comb, which is pretty pretty long, and then uh, one of them look at the air and so this paraglider and he said, "Oh, I must be dreaming." So <laughs> he went down again, and he start and he talked to his friend. Have you seen this paraglide? No, you, you you've been dreaming or whatever. <laughs> and then after he, he phoned back uh, when we the expedition was finished, he, he phoned us and he said, "Can you tell me if it was really the truth or if I was uh, just uh, having hallucination?" <laughs> <laughs> so that was really funny. And I said, "No, no, we were in the air. You didn't dream." And uh, well, and then when we flew, we flew down to um, to the um, the advanced base camp, and when we landed. Uh, all the people uh, from all different expeditions, uh, they went outside the Nepali and they they were hitting on the on the on the drums on the drums yeah. uh, uh, and it was really really big big sensation you know when we land like this we were like uh, almost uh, ovationate I don't know if it's correct. Oh, like an ovation or something? Oh, like an ovation, like a yeah, celebration. Exactly, exactly yeah. yeah. That was really, really something. So this I will remember all my life. Um, yeah, so that's, and that was a, a nice day. I think oh, it's amazing. It's an amazing <laughs> day. I wish to, to achieve something like that myself. But the another question I would like to ask the guests here is, and I think we, we've got that you love the mountains, but how does the mountains make you feel? Uh, how the mountains, being in the mountains. Yeah. Um, Can you separate the mountains from your life? Um, no, I don't think I, I could separate the mountain from my life. Actually, uh, I feel alive when I'm in the mountain uh, because uh, because mountains uh, is is the truth. I mean, it's not uh, there's nothing fake in the mountain. You. You know, you you have the it's the reality is is there. I mean, uh, the the cold is there. It's, it's sometimes it's hot. Sometimes it, it's the lack of oxygen. Sometimes it's 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 uh, it's it's sometimes it's hard, but sometimes it's fantastic, um, and sometimes it's easy, and and all this. I mean, it it, it it's 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 life. The yeah. life. I mean, uh, what we could live in every, every other. And I would say maybe something similar would be the, the the sea. The people which are sailor, they they would experiment a little bit the same thing that we are experimenting in the mountain. But um, I think uh, for me, it would be quite hard to to live all all, all my life with without mountain. Yeah. I mean, it's just uh, I, I've I've grown into the mountain, so I'm part of it. Somewhere. Yeah. And my last question is, uh, what do the mountains teach you about life? I would say almost everything. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, passions. Um, teach me uh, how 
how how to to achieve something so uh, how to be able to to go uh, uh, to push uh, my limits um uh, to see uh, when i have to stop also uh, uh, and and gives me so much uh, uh freedom also some some freedom some uh, uh what can i i, I say more uh, uh, i don't know uh, Sometimes it's so much. Uh, I mean, some pleasure that you you feel into your heart, into your your full body. And sometimes you are so tired that you 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 think you're gonna die there. But uh, I mean, it's 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 all this that you are learning in the mountain. Yeah. And, uh, that's that's fantastic. I mean, uh, as soon as you 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 don't die, it's it's great. <laughs> all right. As long as you don't die, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but I guess um, no, it's it's great. I mean, it's great, uh, and uh, and I always try to to take the the nice part of it. I always try to remember the nice part of it, and and that that makes a big difference, you know. Yeah, because uh, uh, I'm always a bit uh, a bit sad when I see all the. People which are speaking about mountain and oh yeah, but mountain it's dangerous and then uh, and it's risky and it's and uh, and they all always uh, think of the bad thing ah oh, but you know that uh, this mountain it has been uh, many uh, so many people died there and, and avalanche died and everything died and, and so and 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 my vision of the mountain is completely different yeah, me too completely different because. Yeah. Uh, because uh, of course I have the conscience that it's dangerous, but I mean life is dangerous. Yeah. Uh, I mean you, uh, uh, life is a is is a deadly disease. So <laughs> I think we have more we have more risk of being hit by a car than you know falling rocks here in the mountains. So of course. Yeah. Uh, after I think it's it's really important to have the, in your mind that what we are doing it's it. it it's it's there's some danger, but I'm I'm sure there's some danger everywhere. Yeah, but there can be no risk. There can be no reward in life without taking a risk in life. I'm, I'm uh, I agree with that, but I'm sure the people who think, okay, I'm gonna be uh, cautious there, 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 uh, something else will kill them. Yeah. So it, we have to to do things uh, with a good sense of. Uh, um uh, how to say that how can i say that i think we have to um uh, to abort life uh with the um, uh in french i would say uh, with bon sens du bon sens i mean with the the ability to think by ourselves and to take decision by ourselves yeah. not de to take decision because someone tell you okay it's the way it works and this is and that's that's the, the problem i see right now it's the the cult, the the government and so on they tell people you have to do this you have to do that you have to and 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 it makes uh, people uh, living in a, such a way that they are not um, uh, controlling their life yeah. simply, and they 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 do things because they have they, someone tell. Even if sometimes it's completely stupid, uh, they will do it. And I, I 
I can't understand that. Well, we, where we live here, you have to make your own decisions. If you're in the mountains, there's no one else to tell you do this or do that. If you, you have to go and do it yourself. Of course. And if you fly paraglide, if you don't do the right thing, you, you may kill yourself. So yeah. you always have to take decisions which will matter to your life also. And that's also what uh, brings you uh, the mountain. It's the, the ability to to decide what's good or not good for your life. And and if you make wrong choice or wrong choices, uh, you you may you may pass away. I yeah. mean, it's it's really uh, it's, it's strong. This you know this this, this powerful uh, lesson is. Uh, it's a beautiful uh, lesson. It's it's great lesson, and and that's. Uh, we want to have now a um, um, civilization that takes no risk and, and, and then they, they have just no life. Yeah. Well. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pushing hard. No, but. you're pushing hard. <laughs> but, uh, and, and we're talking about decisions and, you know, I'm making decisions now. Do I keep talking? Do I continue? But I think uh, I've taken enough of your time and I think we wrap it up there. But so thanks. <laughs> thanks, Zebulon. Thanks for your time today. It's been a great conversation. Thank you very much, Ashley, and I wish you a very good, uh, very good time with uh, your uh, next uh, uh, people, uh, next guest, uh, and I, I wish a, a longer, uh, a long time uh, uh, beyond the mountain. Well, I hope so too, and uh, I hope we can come back and have another conversation because I could talk for another couple of hours with you. So thanks very much. You're welcome. Thanks, Thank you. mate. Thank you, Ashley. So that's it for this episode. I hope you enjoyed it. If you want to hear more stories from beyond the mountains, please subscribe to the show wherever you listen to podcasts. You can find me on Apple iTunes, Spotify, and Google Podcasts. Please leave a comment and review. It helps with people to find the show. You can find me on Facebook and Instagram at Beyond the Mountains Podcast. So please like and follow the show. And remember, the mountains are more than just rock and ice, but the mountains are made up of the people who live, work, and play in them. <laughs>